0: Hi, friend. Welcome to the U-Turn podcast. This is a show that's meant to help you remember who you truly are. I'm Ashley Stahl, a career expert, the author of the new book, U-Turn, Get Unstuck, Discover Your Direction, and Design Your Dream Career. It's now available everywhere books are sold, and it's my honor to bring you guest conversations or even a solo episode with me every single week, all designed to help you elevate your confidence in work, in love, and in life. This is a place for you to reconnect to who you truly are, what you truly want, and to really heal from anything that is telling you that you are otherwise wherever you are, I am so grateful to be here in your ears. And I also want to give a shout out with so much thanks to our sponsor Organifi. You can find them over at Organifi.com slash U-Turn. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. And when you use the U-Turn checkout code, you get 20% off your order they make the most magical elixirs whether it's powders for you to get your greens on every day really tasty clean protein powders to add into your diet i have them every single morning probiotic powders to help you really heal and strengthen your immune system so much more now let's get into this week's conversation
1: what i do find oftentimes is that we fear that if we let ourselves be seen, it might backfire, Mm -hmm. but in reality, authenticity is, is really the key for connection. Like, we're pretty intuitive people. We can usually sense it. We might not be able to label it, like, oh, this person's BSing me, but usually if somebody is lying to us, we'll sense something. And then we won't feel safe to, to open up and share. Whereas authenticity creates, creates a familiarity, relatability, safety, and connection. And authenticity begets authenticity. So the more authentic you are with someone, the more authentic they will likely be with you, which will create more joy, more connection, and a more just fulfilling conversation or experience.
0: U-Turn friends. It's Ash here. And I am bringing Mark Shapiro onto the podcast. He is the founder of the Love Bomb app. He has a really successful high impact podcast called Are You Being Real, which he started after he left corporate. uh, And he's interviewed so many different personalities on there. And I can go so many places with him. But one thing I know that he's so great at is building real relationships. And so I thought we could talk to him about how to do that, whether it's in your friendships or in the workplace. So Mark, thank you so much for coming on to the show.
1: Ashley, thank you so much for having me. I'm a fan of you and oh, I've been yeah. wanting to drop in with you for a long time. So thrilled to be here and with all the listeners of the U-Turn podcast.
0: Thank you. It's funny. I feel like we have a lot of mutual friends because I keep finding you in random groups of people that I love.
1: Amen, baby. Yeah. It's good to roll and, you know, in awesome company.
0: Yeah, I feel like I can't recall if it was Jason Goldberg. Do you know Jason?
1: I love JG.
0: Oh, love such him. a big fan. Yeah, so he must have been the one that said this because he asked me who's coming on the podcast, and I have a bunch of interviews lined up this week. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Oh my gosh, you need to ask Mark about his story." I think that was him that said Uh-oh. that. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Put so,
1: like,
0: on your helmet or whatever for yourself. Yeah. I would love to hear about like the fact that you were at Showtime, you have this corporate career, you started a podcast, like mm-hmm. can you take us way back and like what inspired the change and, you know, what you learned along the way for anybody. I think a lot of people right now are thinking about change in their careers, of course.
1: Sure. How much time do we have, Ashley? I mean, you know, I, I asked that question kind of as a joke because I know for all of us, when we look at our careers and how we got there and there's just you know on the day-to-day there's so many ups and downs and in-betweens and unexpected and triumphs and setbacks so you know the story could be super duper long but i'll give you guys the super abridged version as a young kid i always wanted to get into business i always loved entertainment as a young kid i remember subscribing to like entertainment weekly and being obsessed with movies And after college, I decided I would go for a job in entertainment and in marketing because that's what I studied at Emory University in Atlanta. And I got an internship at Showtime Networks. And uh, at that point in time, like I was definitely familiar with Showtime, especially their late night programming as a a young teen growing up on some of that uh, exotic content. But um, I was so excited about being at Showtime and I was the kind of guy that was so passionate about their work and about their company that like, I hated the competition. Like when someone would talk to me about HBO, I was just like, I I couldn't even deal with it because I was so raw, raw showtime in the work I was doing. And fortunately I had a good career where, uh, I'd grow every couple of years and get promoted. And I was able to successfully climb the ladder up until I, um, got to a point where i was running the biggest account in the company that was bringing in like well over 300 million dollars in revenue i had a 15 million dollar a year marketing budget and at the same time uh i was pretty unfulfilled and i didn't even realize that but climbing the corporate ladder really was taking um, a toll on me and it wasn't until ultimately i got divorced and there was like such a big earthquake in my life did I even have the courage to kind of look in the mirror and be and to ask myself, you know, what else would I want to do with my life if it weren't for working at Showtime? Because at this point, I had been pretty much just climbing the corporate ladder at Showtime just with one company for the first 11 years of my career. And, you know, honestly, I didn't know where I would turn next if I didn't work at Showtime.
0: Mm. And I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to this, but they don't get so far as making the actual pivot. Like, how did you go from, I don't know where I belong to just leaving anyway? Like, did you get the clarity or did you just kind of trust and leave?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it came with the uh, the end of that uh, marriage, which was an 11 year thing and just wow. dev- devastating heartbreak. I think that may be why uh, JG uh, told you to ask about my story because we both had uh, similar divorces.
0: Oh, my gosh. Interesting. Well, and, uh, I'm down here. you're down to share and I'll leave it at that. <laughs>
1: I guess we'll just leave it at that for now, because it just doesn't really apply much in the context of the career and leaving the career. But essentially, I never thought that I would get divorced. I always thought had this dream to find my person and you know, we'd get married and we'd be together forever and have an epic family. So when I did get divorced, it really made me question everything in my life. And my career was one of the things that it really made me question. And it was at that point when I was just going through such a tough time, Ashley, that uh, I found personal development work. And through that personal development work, I started being asked questions that I'd never been asked before. What's your vision for your life? What's your vision for your career? If you could do anything with your life, what would you want to do?
0: If nobody's ever asked you that one, that one's got to hit you up outside the head of what's your vision for your life? Like, whoa.
1: Yeah. And believe it or not, a lot of us are not really asked that question or at least asked it in uh, in an open way where it's not met with instant judgment and direction from somebody else. So by doing some of this personal development work, I realized there were a lot of places in my life that I wasn't as authentic as I thought I was. And I think authenticity is such an interesting term because it is so deeply personal. And from all of the research I've done on authenticity, doing a 250-part podcast series about it, is one could easily say that everything is authentic, and one could say that like nothing is authentic. It's, it's such a subjective thing. And because we're all living in our own worlds and all feeling our own emotions, that it's really easy to feel like we're being authentic, but are we really exposing ourselves and and living authentically outside of our idea of what's authentic now i know that might be a little bit of a, a mind jam what i just said but essentially i realized around that same time that while i had been working my way up the corporate ladder i felt like i wasn't really living authentically in that i felt like i was riding this riding climbing this corporate ladder and I didn't really feel like I was living on my own timeline. You know, I felt like I was ready to be promoted and I was kind of getting the work around by my boss and by leadership. And I also kind of realized at the same time that I wasn't actually even watching TV anymore. Mm-hmm. After I when I got divorced, I kind of lost my passion for watching TV. And so here I was, you know, working for Showtime, a big TV network and and working really hard to get promoted. And I was no longer really passionate about the programming anymore. And it was just a huge wake-up call to me. And around the same time, because I had the courage to do some of that self-development work, I was starting to open up doors that I had never opened before. And one of them was a facilitation program to learn how to be essentially a coach or a transformational trainer. And I did a workshop on how to live more authentically And people showed up and were making changes in their lives as a result of the workshop that I put them through. And I realized that I could create something on my own outside of a badass marketing campaign at Showtime. So by really doing something differently, doing something that I'd never even considered, just tapping into my creativity and my curiosity, uh, that really opened up a whole door that I didn't know existed. And so I decided I think I have something here. And I decided to leave Showtime, launch a podcast about authenticity called Are You Being Real, and had a bunch of different ideas as to how I would monetize it, and took the leap of faith um, back in 2015.
0: That's amazing. And did you end up monetizing your podcast? I have not done that with this one.
1: I did for a minute. (laughs) For a minute. I had a sponsor, and we parted ways pretty quickly because... uh, it didn't really sell. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't the right brand for my audience. So yeah. people weren't really buying it. And so we parted ways. So I think I, I think I made about like two to $3,000 off that sponsorship.
0: That's something. There so you go.
1: It, it was something. And I did monetize the, the podcast, but it wasn't, you know, like the gravy train that I imagined it would be when I dreamt up yeah. the podcast.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. I haven't monetized it um, because I don't know. Like, I just don't want people to tell me what to do. So maybe it's just really a, an authority issue or something that's keeping mm. me from my mental success.
1: Interesting. You know, there's a, there's a, when there's a will, there's a way. And, you know, I know you have a big audience. So you've obviously had other priorities.
0: Yeah, I have. That's the thing. This is just a good, this is like a happy time for me. And I just, mm. I haven't. Really thought to bring, like do the admin work to bring on sponsors and think about if it's right for the listeners. So I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to sure. raise it here. And, but that's cool. And I, I, I keep hearing you be so honest and it's really refreshing and, 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 and no wonder why so many people like you. I feel like that's really scary and hard for people. What do you think it is that keeps people from being real? Like if you could boil it down to one thing.
1: Threatened rejection
0: fear of rejection.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: or and or maybe even on a wider scope like fear of loss in general like losing an opportunity, losing a person, losing a job, losing something.
1: For sure. Uh, yeah, well said.
0: And how did you how did you overcome that because to me it's so entrenched in today's world like even if I have so, here's one thing I found, Mark, is that I have a few really real relationships. I mean, most of my friendships are very, very, very real, mm-hmm. and I, I say most because it feels scary to say all of them, but mm-hmm. I can't say all of them. <laughs> but with some of my relationships come people on the periphery that I don't feel that emotional safety with, where I don't feel like I can be real. Mm-hmm. Um, what wisdom do you have for somebody that? Because I think anybody listening right now is like, I have people be real with but then there's always like a new person that gets invited to the dinner party and suddenly kind of feel shut down or or like you just don't want to connect with them like what wisdom do you have around that
1: yeah i I mean i have so much wisdom around it i mean first and foremost authenticity is not a destination it's not a black and white thing where you're either authentic or you're not authentic it is a moment by moment practice Mm -hmm. and Different relationships have different levels of authenticity because there's different agreements in relationships. So being authentic with your romantic partner or being authentic with your parents might be totally different than being authentic with a friend or being authentic with someone you work with or being authentic with your boss. So I think that there's you know diff- definitely different things there. What I do find oftentimes, Ashley, is that we fear that if we let ourselves be seen it might be back it might backfire mm-hmm. but in reality authenticity is is really the key for connection because if we are BSing each other like we're pretty intuitive people we can usually sense it we might not be able to label it like oh this person's BSing me but usually if somebody is lying to us we'll sense something and Then we won't feel as safe to to open up and share whereas authenticity creates creates a familiarity relatability safety and connection and authenticity begets authenticity so the more authentic you are with someone the more authentic they will likely be with you which will create more joy more connection and a more just fulfilling conversation or experience but the other thing that I wanted to say, Ashley, that I think is really ironic when it comes to authenticity and life in general is we all want to be seen and appreciated for who we are. It's a scary world out there. And we want to know that we are you know, safe and that we are connected and we are loved and accepted for who we are. But at the same time, when we're not willing to show who we are, if we're not willing to be authentic, then it's just so ironic that we're not allowing ourselves to be seen for who we are.
2: Yep.
0: Hey U-Turners, so sorry for the quick interruption, but I wanna give a shout out to Organifi right now, our sponsor for this episode. I just love their products. And one I've been using every single day is their green juice powder product. And I've looked up a really fun green latte recipe for it. Sounds weird, tastes amazing. Every afternoon to get my greens on, I boil some hot oat milk and in a mug, I throw in a spoonful of their green juice powder as well as a half spoonful of my own matcha powder. And I use a frother to blend the green juice powder, the matcha powder, and the hot oat milk into this magical, tasty green latte that has become my ultimate afternoon pick-me-up. Their green juice powder is packed with 11 superfoods in it. Everything from ashwagandha, which is used in Ayurvedic medicine in India to Moringa, which is herb that keeps your skin glowing and they're using Moringa in the Bahamas to prevent COVID-19. It's just incredible to detoxify your body, get your greens going, and it's organic. So to get yourself going on a super healthy green latte in the afternoon, just head on over to Organifi.com slash U-Turn. That's organif icom slash U-Turn. And don't forget to enter your U-Turn code in to get that 20% off, Y-O-U-T-U-R-N at checkout. I don't make a penny off of this promo code, but I just love that they provided you with a discount. I love their products. And of course, I so appreciate that they're supporting the U-Turn podcast with their sponsorship. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Well, and you you made a really good point where it's like for that person who's saying that people aren't authentic and has that story around about the world. It's like, you made a point like authenticity begets authenticity. And if you're finding somehow people around you aren't authentic. It's such an invitation to look within and say to yourself, am I the common denominator here? You know, and what am I doing in my relationships to create this inauthenticity? And I'm curious from your standpoint, like, what are some things that you think people don't realize they might be doing to create inauthentic relationships? Because I don't think it's as cut and dry as like just being cold or rude. You know what I mean?
1: Totally. Well, um, my mentor, Mike Robbins, says that his formula for authentic communication is honesty without self-righteousness plus vulnerability. So oftentimes when we think about authenticity, we think about, oh, someone who is transparent. Uh, oftentimes people who are super blunt, who oftentimes get in trouble by pissing other people off, they say, oh, I'm just authentic. And you know that's just who I am. But it's like laced and loaded with self-righteousness. And when there's self-righteousness involved. You know, one person's right and one person's wrong. There's no opportunity for actual connection. Mm. So I think a big part of ex- expressing ourselves authentically in order to connect is we need to drop the ego and just be real.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Easier said than done. And I know that when before we started recording, we talked about how like the first step to building authentic relationships, whether it's in the workplace or as friends or even a dating love thing is intention. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it sounds so obvious, but it's not. And people Mm -hmm. aren't. doing it. So can you give me some examples for anybody listening of like, what does intention even mean or look like?
1: Sure. In terms of just like relationship building in general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think like, let's look at the context of the world today. And we're all on social media, at least, you know, you're likely on social media and social media is like really about quantity over quality. And just because, you know, the algorithm thinks that you're friends with this certain person or wants to see this certain person's information and their updates, they might not be someone that you have deemed to be, you know, one of your top 20 people or top 30 people or top 40 people. So when it comes to relationship building, it's really important to be very intentional about who you want to be in relationship with. And so to me, I think it's, like it's important to take inventory of the people in our lives. What kind of friend they are? What kind of person are they to us? Are we satisfied with the level of relationship that we actually have with them? What do they bring to us in relationship? Aristotle, uh, the, the ancient wise you know wisdom of aristotle he said that there are three types of friends that we have one type is a friend that provides utility where they actually like are giving us tangible support another friend is someone that we have fun with and then another type of friend is someone who makes us a better person and uh-huh. some yeah and some people in our lives will will fit all three of those categories some people are you know you've got that friend who you just love having a good time with them And that's kind of the role and the value they provide for you. But oftentimes we're not really in touch with the exact, you know, value that a friend brings. Maybe you're surrounded by someone just out of convenience. Maybe they live next door. Maybe they're a friend of a friend and maybe, you know, they are a nuisance or maybe they bring more negativity into your life. So I think it's so important with relationships and the same, it it goes for both business and personal, like, if it looking at professional relationships, like are who are the people in your network that are the most valuable to you? Maybe it's someone you worked with in the past. Maybe it's you know just someone you know. You know, just being really intentional at the people who you respect, who you think could help you, people that you think you could help, and being really intentional to know who they are. Because once you know who they are, once you know kind of the frequency that you want to in- interact with them, then you can take the steps to follow through and build the relationship that you desire.
0: Okay. So I have a weird loophole in this, which is like building authentic relationships with people. you. Don't so let's say that, um, you know, like one thing that I've been hearing listeners share is like a good network, but like, I kind of told you like that dinner party where somebody random is there, you mm-hmm. know, like a great network, but maybe their partner, they don't like their family or their own family. They have issues with like those cousins that they see over the holidays. Like, what wisdom do you have for people who are struggling to like find that authentic connection? When in truth, the authentic truth is that they don't really want to connect with these people. It's not for them.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's obviously the tough one when, and I know oftentimes with our families that can be like the most challenging. I know that's the most challenging place. I think for me to be authentic, just because like I've played a certain role in my family all of my life. And I don't necessarily interact with my friends and the people that I choose to spend most of my time with in the same way that my family treats me or the way that I interact with my family. So that, those are some of the most challenging situations. And I think, I think just being aware of, of the relational dynamic, like, you know, you have a tougher time being the person you want to be and other people and like certain people's company, whether it's a friend of a friend, whether it's, you know, your family, whoever it may be. I think with that awareness, You can then check in with yourself and be like, all right, I get that I have a tough time being authentic with these people. You know, in this particular situation, when I'm about to see them in 20 minutes, here's my intention as to how I am going to participate in this interaction and be present, but also be true to myself still.
0: Love that. Love that, and so it's like being clear before you walk in the door. It's funny; I actually learned that kind of concept in a therapy session because I was with the wrong guy for like five years, but he was a really amazing guy. And the fact that Mm -hmm. it was really just on me that it took me that long to listen to myself, but Mm -hmm. really good guy. And we used to have tiffs when we went to the flea market because I we were decorating our apartment at the time, and we would always be like on, on a completely different page on what to buy and we literally went to see a therapist, a couple's therapist to work things out because this decorating got so heated between us. And, um, she, she kind of gave a reference. She said, life is about seeing the free market coming and talking mm-hmm. before you walk in, you know, mm-hmm. good partnerships are about that. And I never forgot it. And so whenever in today's world, when I'm with my partner who, you know, I, I hope is the right person, you know, like, like you're saying, it's like, you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think is the right person. It's like I, whenever I see something coming, I'm like, Oh, that's a full market over there. We better talk before we walk in, Mm -hmm. you know? So really good point that you're making. Um, another thing you talk about is approach. Tell me a little bit about what you mean with like your approach when it comes to relationships, especially as it relates to the workplace.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that oftentimes like the approach, sometimes we think that that value and like, being, providing positive value for somebody else needs to look a specific way. And I think that that's a limiting belief. So what I mean by that is by per, like, you need to show that you accomplish something big to your boss. Like you need, to, you need to do that to prove your worth or to provide value. When the reality is we are all people. We all like to be thought of. We all like when people say nice things to us and that see us for who we are. And so to me, that is often a big missed opportunity, uh, in terms of relationship building Yeah, it doesn't have. Yeah. It doesn't have to be information based. It can be simply you giving somebody else your kind attention and expression.
0: Okay. And, um, let's say somebody has a new job and they're kind of like, especially in the world of working remote, like it sometimes feels a little more challenging to build real connection when you're behind the computer screen. Like, what are some thoughts that would be going through your head for somebody who's like, "All right, I really want to crush it at work and, and feel connected and feel inspired and build these relationships with people. Like, what do I do first or what do I think about before I have my first day on the job kind of a thing?"
1: Mhm. Before you like reach out to people or just how you show up on how the you first show up call
0: in general and reach out to people really both.
1: Yeah. I always think that someone who, you know, is new at a company to um, I'd always recommend to show up, to be present, to be open, to learning, just to growing, and to learning the way that things are done at the company. And something that I always strive to do when I worked at Showtime was just to always exceed expectations. So that's one, I think, you know, treating people around you kindly, asking questions, you know, when you have them, but not being too assertive. Mm kind of working yourself in organically, being a team player, essentially. And as it pertains to reaching out to people, being authentic in your approach to reaching out to someone, let them know why you're reaching out to them. Uh, I also I also find that show, saying something that you admire about someone is a, is a great way in as long as it's authentic person's going to be more likely to like you if you like them Mm. and they're going to be much more likely to help you as well so as long as it's authentic if it's not if it's inauthentic it's going to backfire and have the opposite effect
0: got it got it okay this is great um and kind of going into another piece that you'd kind of talked to me about before i hit the record button was like having realness about your blocks I think a lot of people are kind of, I don't know, I hate to say like lying to themselves, but there seems to be a block around what is the block, you know? Mm-hmm. What What do you recommend for people who are wanting to build those authentic relationships um, and they, you know, around your recommendation to be more real about your blocks?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, this is something that I'm doing right now, Ashley. So this might be helpful for, for folks. But for me, one of the challenging things that has always been, has always Gotten in the way of of me and where I ultimately want to go is just challenges with with confidence and people pleasing and wanting to fit in and sometimes like I'll I'll make up stories and sensitivities about how other people will perceive me that will prevent me from taking action which they're just totally unfounded it's just a story that I'm telling myself in my head so what I've been doing is I've been doing some like solo uh, journaling but not actually writing things down just like walking around my neighborhood and i put headphones on so i don't look like a crazy lunatic but i will i'll record i'll essentially just talk to myself and i'll express how i'm feeling and then i'll kind of let my higher self talk and express like the advice that the high- my higher self would give to me and then i'll listen to that recording right after i've made it and to me it's like the closest thing that i can do to actually seeing myself from outside of my own you know individual perspective, so might sound like a little bit of a weird thing, but to me, I've noticed that that's a way for me to actually be real with myself.
0: mm, mm I love this um I feel like you're so concise, you're so um easy to kind of follow as I'm listening to you. It's no wonder you have a podcast, and one thing that. I uh, find like a lot of people are wondering about is how to kind of like perform outreach to connect with people that you don't know. And I know that you've probably had to do plenty Mm -hmm. of that at Showtime and not at Showtime, you know, just in general. Um, What feedback do you have for somebody that kind of wants to form those sorts of new relationships in the cold networking way?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say less is more oftentimes where pay someone a compliment As long as it's authentic, ask them uh, a simple, simple question with a clear call to action. Like if you're looking to get on the phone to pick someone's brain, you know, you can say something along the like, Hey, I found you on LinkedIn. You know, I really admire the work you're doing. You know, exhibit one is here. You know, I'd love to pick your brain. Do you have 10 minutes available? Let me know Mm. versus writing out your whole life story. Uh, less is, I find that less is definitely more. Um, if you, sometimes if you have an idea for someone, I find that it can be better to just tease that you have the idea and say, Hey, I love the work you're doing. I have a quick idea of something that I think could help you. Do you have five minutes to hop on a phone call? I find that to pique the other person's curiosity more than if you were to write the whole paragraph and write the whole idea. And then they're like either the paragraph's too long that they don't even read it, or they don't get on the phone with you because you know, for whatever reason, the way that they read your writing in that moment didn't make them want to get on the phone with you yeah, so i think I think less is more oftentimes in in like the business context of reaching out to someone
0: yeah it's it's interesting because I get a lot of pitches every day, not just for the podcast but for my blog Forbes, and it's like the more and there is in an email, the less likely that I'll be replying. And it's not because I'm an asshole, which I hope I'm not. It's mm-hmm. more like I, I have so much going on at this moment in time that if, and I really want to read things, but if I like open the paragraph and I'm like, Oh, this I'm in for a journey, yeah. I usually head out. And so I find that concise is such a skill and not necessarily one that everybody has cultivated. Um,
1: Totally. There's one more thing I want to say on this, actually, because I, th- I think it's really important. You know, similar to how, you know, if you watch an Instagram story and decide to reply to someone's Instagram story, that's essentially contextualized communication. You know, by someone posting something, they're giving you a reason to then interact with him through that context. Similar to if it's somebody's birthday, you have a good reason to reach out to them that it wouldn't be too awkward for you to reach out to them on that given day because it is their birthday. So the same thing when it comes to professional context, if someone uh, posts an article on their LinkedIn, for example, it's a great way to engage with them by starting a conversation with them about that article. Or if someone gets promoted and they announce their promotion on LinkedIn, you know, drop that person a congratulatory video or voice note, They will always remember that you showed up and showed appreciation for them, where on their birthday, for example, hit them up, say something nice. So I think that those are great touch points to build relationships is to utilize those contextualized uh, touch points.
0: Oh, that's really, really great. So helpful. I feel like what have I not asked you that I really should be thinking about asking you because you just shared so much value. I
1: don't know. Anything else you're curious about?
0: No, I mean, you're just giving such clear, like concise advice. So I guess from here, my question would just be where can yeah. everybody find you and follow you and learn from you?
1: Sure. So uh, at are you being real on Instagram? And I know actually we talked about this off air, but uh, I was thinking about, do I want to write a book? Do I, do I want to build an app? And I decided to to build an app because I know oftentimes when people read books that, you know, it's one thing to read the book and to be like oh yes like i love that and then it's another thing to actually like implement it and apply it in your life and so i decided to build the love bomb app which um is essentially it's a social crm so like in business we oftentimes have crm tools for customer relationship management and to track our sales pipelines but we don't have a tool like that for our social relationships so i built the love bomb app for that it really utilizes kindness as a means to stay in touch at the level and frequency that you want to stay in touch with people you care about and to do so by sharing nostalgic memories compliments and engaging with people in kind ways
0: Mm, beautiful thank you again my pleasure Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. In the meantime, if you heard about any resource that you're interested in from one of our guests, you can find it listed in our show notes on the podcast tab my website, ashleystall.com That's ashleystah com. On that page, you'll also see our free quiz to help you discover what career path you're actually meant for. And of course, we cannot thank you enough for written podcast reviews. I read every single one. I get so motivated from reading your words and it just means the world to me that you take a moment if you have an Apple device and you write an actual review for me. Thank you so much for doing that. Appreciate you being here and cannot wait to connect with you next week.